All right, we now welcome on friend of the program, recurring guest, Brett Friedlander of Saturday Road. Brett, thank you for joining us today. Anytime. For Kenton, I am always available. Yeah, I know you guys have a great relationship. We we did the uh, Magic Hawaiian shirts on uh, day one of of ACC Media Days. You know, we're the Banana Boat crew now. That's I'll tell you what, though. You cleaned up really well that second day when you wore that suit. (laughs) So, you you know, you you got it it all, all, all directions, man. I, I like to be versatile in that way. You know what I mean? Some days you got to go clean suit. Some days you got to let loose, let free a little bit and, and, and go banana boat. But, you know, I day by day, I got more. It was a banana shirt first day, polo second day, suit third day. So, you know, we, we get it together. All right. Well, Brett, you said it yourself. It's such a busy time of the year for, for guys like you in the journalism world. So we wanted to bring you on to discuss this crystal ball series wow. you've been doing with Saturday Road. I very much enjoyed reading through it. And, of course, this is an NC State podcast, so we're going to bring out the NC State kind of thoughts and predictions here. So just kind of getting right into this, I noticed early in your article you wrote that it would probably be a mistake to be overlooking NC State. What what brings you to that strong feeling there? Well, there are two reasons. First of all, that defense is still elite. Even though they lost Isaiah and, and they lost Drake, and they lost a couple of guys up front, uh, they've got two elite cornerbacks. Uh, David Van is really uh, coming into his own as a pass rusher and and, and just a you know a, a force on the on the line. And Peyton Wilson is Peyton Wilson, and he's healthy again. He played last season. I think he was a little bit tentative, still trying to get his way back. Well, he's back now. And then there's young guys that have been groomed to come in and, and fill the the, uh, the spot. So defensively, they're still going to be elite. But Brennan Armstrong is a difference maker. Um, and if he can, you know, do what he did at Virginia when he and Robert and I and I were together, um, that is going to give NC State the element that they lacked last year and the element that I think kept them from being a championship contender. So, you know, we, we always joke about the law of the wolf and how when the expectations are the highest, that's when NC State kind of doesn't do the best. But when the expectations are lowest, that's when they overachieve. The expectations aren't exactly you know, seller bottom drawer kind of situation this year. They were picked to finish fourth in the league, right? But yet, it's not what it was last year. And so, I think that 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 is a, a key. That's a help. Uh, some of the transfer uh, skill guys that they brought in uh, are going to help the, the receiving core. And uh, you know, I, I I just really like the whole the whole dynamic. And Dave Doran is a consistent kind of guy, and you know, his personality kind of carries over to the whole program that, for lack of a better term, that blue-collar, hard-working, hand-in-the-dirt kind of thing. Uh, and, and and I just think you know what you're going to get with NC State. And barring injuries and barring hashtag NC State stuff, I, I think they've got the potential to be really good. I'm glad you said it was the law of the wolf and not the law of the jungle. <laughs> Our listeners would have been all over us. We know the law of the jungle, right? It's, yep. As the creeper that girdles the tree trunk, the law running forward and back. For the strength of the pack is the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the pack. We know that, Wolf Pack Nation. We all know that. You know, the law of the wolf is something separate. There's something separate we got going on there. But go ahead and take it away, Grace. So I kind of want to keep it there on the expectations for Brennan Armstrong. Of course, 2022 didn't go any type of right way for UVA at all. But 2021, we saw one of the most prolific passers we've ever seen in the ACC in just one season. Where, what kind of Brennan Armstrong do you think we're going to get here in 2023? A mix of the two, maybe more close to 2021. How do you see this playing out? I think we're going to get close to 2021. And the reason I think so is because of the scheme that he'll be in. 
Um, right. Last year, he was a kind of a round hole, a round round peg trying to be stuffed into a, a square hole in that offense, and it just didn't suit him. And Anai will will draw plays that allow him to get out in space and run. It allow him to throw the ball downfield, and he's going to have some people to be able to run that you know, those patterns and get down there and make those catches. And uh, I just think that it fits him better. I think he's going to be more comfortable too. And he's got a lot to prove. I mean, this is not about setting records. This is not about leading the league. This is about getting him to the, to the league. And the only way for that to happen is for him to not just put up big numbers, but to show that he can run an offense, that he can win, that he can, you know, make things happen. And I think if he does what, he needs to do it's going to be what nc state needs him to do and so i think the two are really going to help each other and i I just honestly think now is he going to throw for 4400 yards and 31 touchdowns maybe not and and i think that the way doran still likes to use the running game probably that's probably a little bit optimistic okay but but if he's going to throw for 3500 yards 30 touchdowns 28 touchdowns and and have a nice running game with him I think that's way good enough. And and I, I agree. This isn't a team that there are certain teams in this conference that if the quarter, even if the quarterback plays well, if they play really well, that's not enough. They need to be God tier, put the team on my back. I'm a curious. I'm going to put up 35, 40 points a game or else we're going to lose a lot of football games. That's not what we need out of Brennan Armstrong. And I think Brennan Armstrong knows that's not what he needs to do here. The put reality, up 28, hey, put up 28, 31 points a game, and you're going to win most of them with this defense. And and let's let's take it a step further here. The reality of what we have here and, and who Brennan is, is very simply this. You talked about winning and how important that is for him and for this team. The reality is simple. I have, I'm saying this as a player who has played at a high level at, at the second highest level you can get to in all of football. If you win... All of the draft stock, all of the all those things, they go up because winning pedigree beats out almost everything else. How often do you see first rounders drafted out of schools that were just got off of while they were there? Yeah, it's very rare. Yeah. It's and very you know what? rare. And listen, you don't even have to be a first rounder. He could go in a third. I mean, Russell went in a third, right? I mean, yeah, yep. I mean, he, you can go the third, fourth round if you get in the right situation and you are good enough. And you get an opportunity and you take advantage of it. Just, just get in a camp because yeah. once you get in a camp, it's all on you. By the way, congratulations to Russell uh, and his old lady on another kid. He tried to catch up to Philip, ain't he? He said, "Yeah, I will not be outdone, brother." He's, he's got a long way to go, but I tell you what, though, <laughs> he he can afford it. I guess Philip can too. But yeah. you know, they got they got two pretty good incomes. Absolutely, in family. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Then we we've talked a little bit about the defense here. Talked a little bit up about Brennan Armstrong. Do you feel like – actually, let me phrase it like this. If NC State were to make it to the ACC championship game, which group is the ultimate X factor to get them there? It's definitely offense because last year the, the defense was good enough to get them there. And obviously there were some injuries, especially at quarterback. But even before uh, Devin Leary went down, that offense just – didn't seem to be in sync. You know, the East Carolina game, they barely squeezed by. I mean, the Florida State game, they won that. But, I mean, they were, they got shut out in the first half, and most of their points, you know, came after Chambers came in and just started running the ball and getting them close enough to kick field goals. Uh, so I think offense is clearly the X factor. And, listen, 
uh, I think special teams are too because you don't have uh, you know done anymore. Right. Uh, and he was automatic. Now they brought in a transfer kicker who's got great credentials, but he still has to do it, and you know you still have to kind of gain confidence in it. But I, I, I honestly think that if the offense gives them even you know what close to what they need, I think they've got a chance to really be good and win a bunch of games. They don't have to be great. Just don't turn the ball over and score when you get the ball and you get the chance. Absolutely. I, I do think – I think a lot of NC State fans kind of share this idea, but maybe perhaps that Armstrong, because he likes to air it out so much, you're just going to have to deal with some of the interceptions if it comes with the mm-hmm. yard and yep. the touchdowns at the end of the day. You can deal with maybe a pick or two if you're still putting up the numbers that will get you the win in the end. so And the other thing is your defense is going to help, you know, cover right. up for that too. I mean, so, you know, maybe he gets picked down in the red zone, but they're only going to get three points out of it because that defense is going to hold him. But you're right. He's, you know, when you have a gunslinger, you, you live with the, the mistakes because yeah. he's going to make more big plays than he is uh, bad plays. And, hey, listen, don't discount the running game because, you know, Jordan Houston is a just a solid guy. But Michael Allen is going to be really, really good. I mean, he showed flashes of it last year, and I think he's going to have a breakout year. He looks And not just carrying the ball. I think he's going to be a real effective receiver out of the backfield too. He looks yeah, slimmer yeah. than he was last year, so hopefully that helps out with him staying healthy. Jordan Houston is always a guy. We always talk about it. He's always one tackle away. He's always one mm-hmm. step away. Oh, man, if he just had one more step and all that good stuff – well, listen, it's senior year now. I, it's as much for him as ever. Like, hey, it's time to unhitch the wagon and go, baby. You <laughs> you know what you're doing. You know where you're supposed to be on the field. Jordan Houston rarely ever misses an assignment where you're looking like, well, what was that blitz pickup about? He rarely ever is running in the back of a lineman where you're like, there's a giant hole directly to your left, brother. What are you looking at? He's where he has to be. It's just that. That little, you know, as Al Pacino said, it's a game of inches, gentlemen. And and it just seemed like Jordan Houston was always on the wrong side of that inch. If this yep. year he can change that, and with the Michael Allen coming along and being something special too, his backfield could You know, amazing. the one thing that concerns me about the running game is that both of those guys are kind of smaller speed guys or they're, they're kind of skill guys. And I, I still don't see that bammer that you're going to need for short yardage situations. You know, Demi Sumo could have been that guy. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's gone now, too. You know, maybe it's Mims. You know, may, maybe it's somebody else. But I think short yardage has always been uh, an issue the last few years. And that, that's what concerns me a little bit. When they get down in goal line situations, you know, they don't have that, that you know, Jaden Samuels or, uh, or or one of those guys that you can you can really count on to get that one or two yards when you need it on third or fourth and short or you're down inside the two, you know, and you need to get to ram that thing in the end zone. I agree, yeah. but quick counterpoint, quick counterpoint. We do have somebody under center who can go and get those one to two yards there in a go. way that we haven't yeah. seen since maybe, what, Jacoby Brissett? Maybe. Probably, I mean, we, yeah. That, we haven't had a guy like Brendan that can tuck that thing down and do something with his legs at a full-time clip, at least in the way that uh, he he could. Good we point. talk about uh, maybe getting the most when expecting the least. You could see mm-hmm. that very concept play out in the running back room, but – Brett, before we let you go, I kind of want to get into game-by-game selections here as you included this in the bottom of your crystal ball. You have NC State going 8-4, and and probably the most notable within these 12 (laughs) games, you have us beating Clemson. Can you talk about that? I just think that that they just – 
they learned how to beat Clemson here two years ago. Mm-hmm. And and I just think that Doran just has kind of built that mentality in that they really get up for that game. And listen, this home field advantage at Carter Finley cannot be discounted. And I think that it's really something that the team feeds off of. I just feel like that the, they they're ready. They're due. And then of course, I, I had them losing the very next week to Miami because right. anytime the, the the Wolfpack wins a game that they shouldn't win, they usually lose a game that they shouldn't lose. So it evens out. But, uh, hey, listen, there is not a game on this schedule, and, and I'm including Notre Dame, that is not winnable. because Because Notre Dame is coming off a 9-4 and four season. They're, they're physical. They really are. But they're, they're, they've got a new offensive coordinator, Sam Hartman. They know how to defend him. They've, they've played him. They've beaten him before. Uh, and, so, and they're playing them early. Uh, you know, so that's possible too. If I have to look at this schedule, the games that concern me most, outside of obviously the the, the Notre Dame game and and the Clemson game, because of obviously those are the two best teams they're going to face. Right. But the two games that concern me the most are the opener at UConn, because okay. it's a road game. UConn is not the dregs like they used to be. Uh, yep. You know, they're not great. But, you know, you're going to have to show up. You can't just go out there and, and, and run through the motions. You're going to have to play pretty well to beat them. I think they can. The other one is the Wake Forest game, and it's because it's in <laughs> Wake Forest. And for some reason, yep. they never play well in Winston-Salem. And those are the two games that concern me the most. Otherwise, I think that they're all winnable. And, you know, listen, NC State over the last couple of years pr- has proven that they can win on the road. So, you know, going to Louisville and, and actually they play Louisville at home. But, I mean, you know, going to some of the places they're going to have to go uh, doesn't concern me as much as, you know, it used to. But, again, bring the A game, play solid offense, don't turn the ball over, and, and I think they got a shot in every last one of them. Yeah, that, uh, that Wake Forest game is always a nail-biter, regardless of the personnel or anything. It's I know. Almost the curse of Winston-Salem, it's starting to feel like. But It's funny, too, because the opposite is true. When the Deacons come to Raleigh, State always wins. Correct, so, yeah. No, go figure. Yeah, that'll, uh, that'll be one to watch for sure. But, Brett, as always, we thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us. Brett Friedlander of Saturday Road, please do go check out his Crystal Ball series, Knocked it out of the park with all of his predictions there. And, uh, Brett, we always enjoy talking with you. Thanks a lot. Enjoy coming on and enjoy, and ask me back anytime. If you're going to run an air raid offense, you better have receivers to complete the mission. This is what we've been hearing on the wide receiving core. You are locked on Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Wolfpack Nation, welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm Grayson Boone. Joining me is Kenton Gibbs. And Kenton, we got to talk about this wide receiving room depth. We've mentioned it a couple times on the show. I've been starting to hear some 
Some more reports after the the second scrimmage at the end of last week and just additional fall camp practices. But the majority of the buzz is centered around true freshman Kevin Conception, KC for short. And apparently he is perhaps the realest of deals. There's a lot of reason to believe he's going to be a major impact player in this offense. And it's incredible coming into the program just as a true freshman to immediately be thrust into such a role in a a new offense with a new quarterback. And he's being trusted to just hit the ground running. What what are your thoughts on KC being one of the biggest names at a fall camp? So you're saying KC is playing like a chief? Anywho. Maybe so. uh, No, but seriously, by the way, Coach Dorn's a huge Chiefs fan, so that's a fun little tidbit in there. But anywho, um, with that being said, you know, I I look at this and I always say, when you hear reports of freshmen playing well in camp early, don't get too attached to that because that is that is normally freshmen not knowing the pace of camp. And there are some guys that are like a million miles an hour from day one through the last day of the season. That was me, although my body could not withstand a million miles an hour and eventually fell apart a little bit. But there's it's it's every now and then you get that guy. He comes in, performs at a high level, does the things the right way, just does them. And that's just who he is. That's not just youthful exuberance of, oh, man, I don't know that day 20 is on the way. Like, you know, and Casey seems to be that guy from all from all the reports. It's not just that he's, you know, making spectacular plays and all that. He's doing a little things right. He's doing little things right. When he's when he's uh, asked to do the basic things, he does those at a high level. And I tell people all the time that extraordinary players are not that because they do everything in an extraordinary way. They do the ordinary extra well. That's what it is. And he's that he's being that guy. But you know, having a little bit of speed and some height doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt you at all. Which KC has both of in spades. And so. It's going to be very interesting to see because one thing that I did not realize that I I am it's just now setting in the Wolfpack can legitimately trot out a four receiver set of all guys that are at least six feet or taller. Like that is a real thing that you could see in this office, not saying that it would make the most sense, not saying that those would be the four best players. But I mean, you've got the transfer from Rice was what, six, five, six, six. You've got Collins from Clemson, who's also 6'5". Yep. You've got Casey, who is what, 6'1"? I think he's like 6'1", 6'2". 6'2"? And then you've got uh, Timmons, who's also six feet, right? You've got four legitimate, like, hey, these guys are, you know, up there. And then, even if we're not talking about combining them all into one lineup, if you're talking about the depth at the uh, outside receiver positions, you know what I mean? Like, that is truly... A, a great thing to have at your X spot. And then you look in out on the inside as well. And you're talking about multiple guys that are doing special things through camp as well. It's, it's a good thing. It's you're, you're seeing a lot. They're doing a lot. You love to see it. Yeah. As we start to hear more about some of these names beginning to separate themselves, I guess, in some competition, a couple other guys that are kind of rising to the top here, Terrell Timmons, which is something we all kind of hope for after we saw his breakout toward the end of last year. Um, Bradley Rosner, the, the transfer from rice. I've been hearing that he's kind of picking things up in such a short amount of time, just joining us. I believe it was the end of July. Mm -hmm. So him to be thrown in, I guess, literally to the wolves, um, out of the frying pan into the fire and to be coming out with, you know, looking the way he's maybe even ahead of schedule 
uh, heading toward this uh, opening kickoff. But something I mentioned in one of the episodes last week is I've been kind of surprised at the lack of buzz I've been hearing about Dakari Collins. Well, I have now been he- hearing about Dakari Collins. I've been hearing that he's been making some significant strides after what he demonstrated in spring ball. And that I think can be a massive lift to not just the wide receiving room in general, but this offense, because you mentioned it, Kenton, he's what six, four, six, five. You put him and Rosner in the same set, especially when you get down in the red zone, you got to throw a jump ball. You got two guys that are going to be able to go up and get it. And that can completely change the way this offense is able to score at some point. So I'm very glad to be hearing more out of Dakari Collins. Again, it's just the the name associated with Collins coming from Clemson. You're like, okay, this guy, he must have the things. He must have a deep bag that he's bringing with him uh, over to Raleigh. So very encouraging to be seeing his name uh, amongst the uh, the pack, I guess you could say. And then, of course, Keon Lassane. It sounds like yeah. these are the top four, four to five guys you're more than likely going to see. Um as like the main features in this offense when we For kick sure. off next week. And Keon, like like it was mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, I believe it was Coach Dorn saying it, that Keon's been a leader for this wide receiving group as he is, I guess, the the highest production uh, in a returning wide receiver uh, for 2023. And so, yeah, you certainly want his name to be mentioned in these top four to five guys leading the crew. But, Kenton, we mentioned this a lot on here, especially recently, I do think we have a lot more depth than people realize. And I understand maybe the uncertainty because a lot of this is still kind of unproven, but if all, if everything pops the way it looks like it might, we could be, we could be in a lot better shape than maybe we thought about perhaps a month ago at the wide receiving position. Yeah. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. I, I think I, and I'm, I'm going to say this with full confidence. I'm very much so feeling like this is going to be one of the strengths of the offense. Our pass catchers are going to be one of the strengths of the offense because as much as we've talked about the receivers, the other pass catchers and the the tight ends as well have been, you know, doing good things. Trent Penix is looking like a player that's primed for a breakout season, which feels crazy to say with him being a guy who was a starter who did a lot of good things last year. But apparently they're like, hey, we were just scratching the surface. That was just kind of getting in the – what he could do. And, and, and so you, you're looking at all of those things and you're saying to yourself, well, now, wait a minute. We're just scratching the surface with players who were starters last year. We got guys coming back who were leaders on this year's team in a Keon saying You've got transfers who are ahead of schedule. You got true freshmen who have not been on campus. The young man was at prom not too long ago. And now he's going to be saucing ACC defensive backs. That is what I love to hear. This these this set of pass catchers truly could be um, the key to unlocking the potential of NC State's offense. It's crazy, too, because you have that whole conversation, and you don't even mention Javante Vereen or even maybe a Julian Gray that could be featured in here. Christopher Touchdown Tootle. You got, Toodle, you got a lot. Tootle yeah. is somebody that gets forgot about, I think, as yeah. well. Yeah, when he's in the red zone, that man, he can smell the end zone. He knows when he needs to get open in that red zone. So Absolutely. So it, it seems like we're going to have a lot of weapons at Brennan Armstrong's disposal. And so it's, I mean, time is ticking here. We're within, or almost within a week. We got, what, eight days, nine days? Yeah, just about, just about nine days. 
it's a, it's it's about that time. So we're we're going to see how quickly this offense was able to mesh together. I guess in the month of August, but it's very encouraging to see that strides are being made. I guess from the spring uh, as well. But it's they're picking up the pace in fall camp, and hopefully the scoreboard will be something that reflects that uh, once we get going. But today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've ever reached a point in life where you felt uncertain about where you were going, what the right path was, and how you got through it. We've all kind of been there. I've been through it. Kenton, I'm sure you've been through it as well. It's life. It happens. It's hard. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash college today to get 10% off your first month. That's help, H-E-L-P dot com slash college. All right, and our second sponsor for today is FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. That's because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets back every single time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets back for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, just like you see at the bottom of our screen, and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, and just kind of recapping this interview we had with Brett Friedlander of Saturday Road, Kenton, I thought it was interesting that he has us on kind of a bit of a slide there with Duke, Clemson, and Miami. Um with the the loss at Duke, that's something I have I've picked as well. NC State fans don't think there's any way we're going to lose at Duke, but that's an interesting conversation there. I think it's a little bit of a trap game. I think Duke is also maybe a little better than people want to give them credit for, but we're going to have to see how that plays out. Brett had Clemson as a win. I think that's fascinating. With I think Clemson's offense is going to be maybe better than we've ever seen it this year if all things go well for them there. But Miami, I don't know, man. I think Miami's too much of a, a wild card, and I think we'll take care of business there. What what say you? Um, with all due respect, Duke ran into one of the worst schedules they, they possibly could have last year. And I mean, they're people truly don't understand that team got nine wins while losing to Georgia Tech. Like, this is not, don't get me wrong. I think that's a very good team. And again, Coach Elko, the best ever opening season by a Duke coach since Wallace Wade, who their stadium is named after. All respect, brother. You did a great job. With that being said, they ran into a one-win Northwestern team, a two- or three-win um, uh, Temple team, a North Carolina NT team that was worse than they normally are. And I'm not saying that North Carolina NT was going to give them trouble in any other year, but we actually have seen years where A&T gave Duke trouble. Like, that's a thing that we've seen with our own two eyes. So. Right. You're, you're looking at a situation where a lot of these teams that they played were just god-awful. The Coastal last year 
was dog water. That I don't even want to say dog water because I've I've seen how folks treat their dogs, and and I may not be an animal person, but that thing was was just whoo. The the coastal last year was abysmal, and with that being said, um, I'm not sure if they have the horses in the stable to beat NC State. If NC State comes in locked in, if we come off a win at Clemson and we're mature enough to be locked in and say, hey, doesn't matter that we, what we did last week, we still got to keep it rolling. I think that that game, yes, it has trap written all over it, but also this ain't your your dad's Duke team. They, nobody's looking at Duke anymore saying, all right, easy W, boys. People are knowing, hey, they got Dwayne Carter. They got Calhoun. They got Garrett Riley. That is a team over there. That's a ball team. That's they, They're going to play some football over there. They're going to be physical in the trenches over there. They got uh, Barton as well, the, the tackle that's doing special things. They have some ball players. And I know that if I don't show up on my P's and Q's, I'm going to get whooped on. Miami, however, I agree. The worst thing about that team last year was the uh, the chemistry and gelling. Yeah. And they solved that by turning over half of their yeah. scholarship players. Yeah. What uh, what plagued them the most, they basically multiplied it's, coming it, into this year. It's basically the same thing as what, you know, and I hate to change sports and leagues, but we saw this with the New Jersey Nets or the Brooklyn Nets. They they could not figure out how to get a stop, had all the scoring in the world. And they said, you know what would help us out? Get James Harden on the phone. And what happened? They did the exact thing that they were already good at at a higher level, but they still had the deficiencies that they had in spades. I think it's the same thing for this Miami team. So, you know, I, I don't see that game being a loss. Um, I don't see the Duke game being a loss, but beating Clemson, I think that's that's high cotton there. Because I think that this Clemson team is going to be very good. Yeah. So Brett is the first of kind of a rotation of guests we're going to have on here within these next two weeks. What we're going to do is I'm going to put together a graphic keeping together all the the uh, schedule predictions for all of our guests with ours as well. Mm-hmm. I have us at nine at three. Ken, do you have a nine at three or eight and four? I thought it was nine and three, but I I'll, I'll go back three. and do one again. I'll, I'll go back and do another one. I think we I think we we're both at nine and three, but I'm going to put together a graphic so everybody can basically keep track of who said what, and uh, we'll watch it play out in real time as the season gets going. But as always, thank you so much for tuning in with us. Thank you for hitting that like button, dropping some comments in the comment box. Again, you could be featured on a fan Friday, so be sure to get those comments in. We will make sure to read them and respond. And then, of course, hitting that subscribe button as we begin, we'll continue our climb to 600 and beyond. But as always, thank you so much. Go Pack. Go Pack.